Welcome to the Rewire for Success podcast. I'm your host, Katie Johnson. Today, what we're talking about are the five main reasons that people find themselves stuck in the same places in their life year after year after year. And if that's been you and you've ever been in that place, it can feel so frustrating and defeating, whether that's from a wound that you're trying to get over, trying to lose weight, trying to get to a healthier place in your marriage, building a thriving business, getting out of a job that you hate, or figuring out what your passion and purpose really is. Suddenly another year rolls around and you wonder, where the hell did the time go and what were you doing with all of it, right? So I think unless you're a superhuman, we can all relate to this experience. And it's really the only way that we learn what it takes to get extraordinary results is by experiencing that pain first of what it's like when we don't, right? So today I want to cover five of those main reasons that I believe people tend to find themselves in the same ruts despite wanting so badly to be out of it. All right. So first they're arguing with reality. Now I want to keep you keep in mind with you that why do I even know some of these things to talk about? Because I have gone through them and done them to myself. So let's just make that perfectly clear to begin with. So what does that even mean? Well, it means that we're trapped in the same cycles of thought in our minds. We're wishing that something was different than the way it actually is. So this is where a lot of people stay in a suffering state, not knowing that they're causing their own suffering by wanting something to change that they can't change. So like for me, I was stuck in this place when I was going through my divorce. I was in such deep grief of finally having to give up on the vision of what I believed my life was going to look like and what I wanted my boys to get to have. And after all the time I'd spent and the self-sacrifice that I had done for years and years and years to try and save it, it's like I just couldn't believe that after all of that and all of the pain and how much I gave of myself and the faith that I had that God would do a miracle for my family, that it was ending the way that it was. And it absolutely devastated me. So part of my healing process and the ability to move on with my life was having to come to accept that the only thing that is, is what is. There was no alternate reality what should have been or could have been there only is what is so it was when i accepted that he was who he was and not the person i thought he was or wished he was going to become that i began to feel my mind finally be able to release some of that depth of sadness and suffering those things weren't reality and i was arguing with reality by thinking that way so was it just like that, that I got over it after realizing this? No, because moving on with life and healing is a really, really difficult and extensive process. But this was at least that step that helped me to keep going on that healing path instead of staying stuck in the same place. Some other examples of arguing with, with reality could be things like wishing someone were still alive who's no longer with us, wishing you had a better financial situation, wishing you hadn't gained all the weight back, wishing your best friend hadn't done something so hurtful to you, wishing that you had a better boss, wishing your kids respected you more, wishing your husband cared more about helping you around the house, wishing you could take back something that you did or believing you 
should be further along in your life than you are, believing that you shouldn't be feeling the feelings that you're going through. There's lots and lots and lots of examples of arguing with reality, but what it all boils down to is resisting accepting what is. Why do we do this? Well, I think it's because we believe that if we accept it, that it means that it's okay with us. And that can obviously be further from the truth, but accepting something as it is does not mean that we're approving of it or that we want it to be that way. What it means is that we're able to mentally process the truth of reality. So what this allows us to do is it allows us to let go of the things that we can't change and it frees up our mental energy and space to focus on the things that we do have control over. Let me go back using the examples that I just gave you and show you what we can actually do when we stop arguing with reality. Once I accept my marriage is over, I can begin the healing and rebuilding of my life. Once I accept someone I love is no longer alive, I can process the loss and I can celebrate the memories and time that we did get to have together and honor their life. But what I decide to change or do with my own because of the impact that they had on me. Once I accept my financial situation, maybe I'm in significant debt, then I can get to work on earning the extra money I need to figure out how to earn to pay it off. Once I accept that my best friend hurt me, I can evaluate the friendship to see if it's actually a healthy relationship to stay in or not. And once I accept that my boss is an asshole, I can decide if spending eight hours of my day every day around that person is actually worth the income that I'm making. Once I accept that my kids aren't treating me the way that I want them to, then I can talk with them about what I'm feeling and I can set boundaries with them. Once I can accept that my husband isn't going to just magically notice and offer to help with the kids or things that I need around the house, I can talk with him about what I'm needing and how important it is to our relationship that I don't feel like a single parent. Once I can accept something that I did, then I can dig deeper to understand why I did this thing that wasn't in alignment with who I believe myself to be or want to be. And I can work on fixing that root problem. Once I accept that I'm not making the progress I want to in my life, then I can begin evaluating what's missing and what do I need to master in order to be in a different spot in a few months or a few years. Once I accept my feelings for being there and what they are, I can validate them by understanding where they came from and work on healing the source of the wounds. Life is hard. And many of these things, they're not easy to accept. I get it. But it's when we do that we actually find that we can move forward. You can see how it's possible for us to grow into a completely different version of ourselves when we can allow reality to be reality and then determine how we will dance with the existence of that reality. Here's the second reason why people can stay stuck in a rut. It's because they don't recognize that they have a victim mentality. Now, if one of the initial feelings you get when I say that is this feeling of anger, I want you just to take a deep breath and I want you to pause here for a minute. Let your guard down just a bit for a few minutes because being open to hearing this could actually be a life-changing moment for you. There is a big difference between being a victim and being someone who has a victim mentality. Though there are things that have happened in my life that I didn't have a choice to decide on, 
whether I wanted to endure the pain, the damage, or lasting effects of things I was put through. I am not someone who wishes to have a victim mentality as a result of those things. A victim mentality gives away power. It focuses on the things that are outside of us and outside of our control. And as we just covered, it can mean that we're arguing with reality, wishing that things were different than they are. Or it can mean that though we accept that these things are the way they are, we are so angry at the injustice and the circumstances that we're now having to deal with that we don't take responsibility for doing things that we could actually change that may give us a better quality of life. And instead, we get stuck and we settle in for the long haul in a survivor's camp. And that camp could be camp outrage and vengeance, camp bitterness and complaining, camp pain and rumination, or camp numbing, coping, and indifference. And none of those camps are ones that are going to allow us to get onto a path of growth and healing. They taint our worldview and they create a reality that we allow then to become our mental prison. When we believe things just are the way they are and that we are just the way that we are, then we completely forfeit the God-given gift of neuroplasticity. So what is that? Well, if you listen to a lot of my stuff, you're going to hear me talk about it all the time because my approach is very much based on neuroscience. Neuroplasticity is the ability for our brains to be able to form new neural pathways. The powerful thing to understand if you found yourself in one of these places, one of these camps that you don't want to be in, is that you don't have to feel shame or guilt for actually being there. It's understandable. It's okay. I've been there too. But here's the thing. Though you don't need to feel wrong for the feelings you have, you can have self-compassion, validation, and understanding of why you're in that place. And you can actively work to retrain your mind to attach new meaning and understanding of the past that's going to empower you to eventually get out of your mental prison. So the first question that you're going to have to ask, and you're going to have to get really real with yourself, is you're going to have to ask yourself, do I want to be out? Or is there something that I'm getting from staying in this camp that makes me feel more inclined to want to stay the same? Maybe that's comfort. Maybe you're very comfortable with suffering. Maybe you're really comfortable with uncertainty and feeling low and feeling like there's no hope. That was me. I was in that place for so long that the idea of change and actually being happy scared me. And if we're not careful, we can become so afraid of the things that aren't comfortable that we allow ourselves to stay in that suffering state. And that's on us. So you have to ask yourself, do I really want to change this? Because on the reverse side of victimhood is accountability. While your circumstances may not be your fault, they are your responsibility. And that doesn't mean that you caused it. It just means that you have the ability to respond to your circumstances and therefore change the outcome. One of the most powerful truths that I ever learned on my personal development journey was from a book that I read that said, quote, there is nothing currently in your life that you aren't allowing to be there. Now, I remember very, very clearly sitting there on my bed. It was late at night. And I was reading this and I was so broken and I was reading these words and I was 
furious. It made me angry because I certainly was not choosing to have the damaging effects of relationship betrayal in my life. So how could someone have the audacity to make this kind of statement that nothing like she doesn't know my life, nothing in my life is be, is there without me allowing it to be. So I sat on that for a while and really began to examine whether it was any, there was any truth to that statement. Was I actually allowing this to happen? Did I have say in whether I continued to suffer? Had my choices been part of the lead up to this? The answer was yes. Whether I knew what was going to happen or not, the choices that I made were mine. And why I made those choices also came down to me. No one else had made my choices for me. So accepting this statement means that we're accepting that we and no one else is 100% responsible for our life. No one else is going to make our choices for us or determine our perspectives. So to take 100% radical responsibility, that takes courage and it gives us power to decide and power to change, power to train our own brains and the power to create our outcomes. New York Times bestselling author, Jack Canfield, he uses a simple formula that illustrates this concept perfectly. It's E plus R equals O. And E is for the events that occur in our lives. R stands for our response to each of those events. And O is the outcomes that we experience as a result of our responses. Think about this for a minute. Two people can experience the same event, but because they chose to process and respond differently, their outcomes are significantly different, sometimes completely the opposite. And when we can fully grasp that we are the ones 100% responsible for our life, that's when we can let go of the victim mentality and we can actually begin to focus on the things that we do have control over and recognize that we have say in what our outcome is going to be. Here's a third reason that people can stay stuck. It's that they don't examine their own limiting beliefs. And instead, they just accept and believe whatever it is that their brain tells them. So let's first define what limiting beliefs are. Limiting beliefs are self-imposed beliefs that restrict us from achieving our fullest potential. They come from deep in our subconscious. And most of the time, we don't even recognize them for what they are or where they originated from. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Our subconscious isn't designed to sort through and interpret thoughts. That's our consciousness brain's job. When you haven't spent the intentional time on self-examining your thoughts, then the natural consequence is that we become a reactor to our thoughts instead of a director of them. So we take thoughts and then we put a lot of weight to them and we trust in them as being facts. But... Thoughts aren't facts at all, especially when they are fear-based. If anything, what we can see them as are smoke signals, a way for your brain to try and grab your conscious's brain attention to help you investigate the source of the distress. Let me give you an example of limiting beliefs that can come up and how our brain can interpret them as facts instead of just something that we need to investigate. So for many of you listening, likely you're on a path to uncovering your truest self living a more empowered, awakened, and purpose-filled version of you, right? 
So as you begin to step out of your comfort zone and find your passion, you're likely going to begin to share a truer and less filtered version of yourself to your friends and family, or maybe on social media. And in that process, you may even get inspired for what you could do with that passion. But just as quickly as the inspiration happens, a little voice in your head speaks up and it warns you, don't say anything that might be offensive or cause people to have something critical to say about you. So instead of speaking up to stand out, you end up speaking up to blend in and therefore end up speaking to no one. So how do we stop letting limiting beliefs hold us back? Well, we first need to recognize them for what they are. Put that belief into words on paper so you can actually see what it is that you're believing that isn't empowering you. You could say on paper and write out, I believe that if I speak up and share a different perspective other than what other people think, then they're going to judge me and think that I'm unqualified to share my viewpoints. All right, there it is. Put it on paper. Now we can evaluate that. So next, we're going to become a skeptic of the belief. Begin questioning everything about them. All right. Well, first, do I really only want to speak on things that most people are going to agree with me on? Do I really want to cater my post to the small percentage of people who might have something negative to say about me? Do I really care what people who aren't supportive of me think of me? And am I really unqualified to share my opinion or viewpoints? Who will I help by speaking up and sharing my truth? And who might I not help if I don't? So hopefully you can see there, by asking the right questions, we dig deep enough to examine those limiting beliefs and decide on whether we're going to accept them and keep them or get rid of them because they're not empowering us. Do you see the rut that we allow ourselves to be stuck in when we can't examine or even identify limiting beliefs? I want to challenge you right now to get out a journal and begin to write down some dreams that you have for your life. If there was nothing that could stop you from having them, what would they be? And then on the other side, I want you to write down all the reasons that you haven't pursued those goals. This is a really, really great place to begin to uncover your limiting beliefs. And from there, I hope you'll begin asking questions and keep going deeper and deeper so that you can get to evaluate where these are coming from and whether you decide that you want to keep them or not. Also, you might really enjoy my breakthrough journaling training that is totally free and available at www.mindsetbreakthroughjournaling.com. Now, the fourth reason people stay stuck in their lives in the same place year after year is that they're trying to do too many things at the same time. And this was definitely me not long ago. So have you ever heard the quote, if you chase two rabbits, you will not catch either one? That quotes an old Russian proverb, and it is so true. What this means is if you're dividing your effort and your energy and your focus and your attention, then you're not going to be successful at either endeavor. And that's because our brains can't focus on everything at once. We have a very limited amount of conscious focus we can give to things. So we have to be extremely intentional with where we direct that focus and energy. Earlier this morning, I was actually finishing a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And this quote is actually the very first opening page of the book. In the book, he teaches you to apply the importance of always asking something that he calls the focusing question. So here's the focusing question. What is the one thing 
I can do such by doing it, everything else will be either easier or completely unnecessary. Now, for me, reading this book was really eye-opening. I already had learned this concept before, but there was something about it that obviously hadn't really sunk in. I realized as I began the book that I was chasing too many rabbits and that I was prolonging the success of my most important passion and my life purpose. And what I love about personal development is the way that it really helps your brain to process information in enough different ways with certain concepts that things just resonate and click into place at different times, right? So essentially what it's doing is it's developing the foundation for new belief system. So even though I had heard of this one thing concept before, I wasn't actually applying it in my life. And I didn't realize that I even had a mental roadblock there that was keeping me from doing what I needed to do because it was trying to keep me safe. So what I was doing was I was dividing my time among three other sources of income and not having the time for my passion projects. So after several years of planning to do things like this podcast and planning to write a book and planning to make courses to help women healing from narcissistic abuse, planning to make better quality content on social media and planning to build a thriving autonomous business that would pay me well for my passions and my, my experience and create an amazing life for my family. I still hadn't made those things happen. And though I had built a relatively stable and good income with my fitness coaching business, I really hadn't given 100% of my time, energy, and focus there either. This is where the saying comes in, knowledge isn't power, applied knowledge is power. I am very proud to report that as of this moment, Rick and I are currently dedicating 100% of our professional time, effort, focus and energy into building our life transformation coaching company, Rewire for Success. So doing this meant taking some risks and making some sacrifices in, a, in order to be able to make room in our lives to be able to do so. And so you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, must be nice for you. I wish I could only have to focus on one thing. You don't know my life. And to that, I would say, you're right. I don't. But I do know who's responsible for it. And I also know where I was seven years ago when I was nowhere close to the position that I'm in now where I can take calculated risks and put all of my energy into making this dream a reality. I know that if I were to have stayed in a victim mindset, stayed arguing with reality, believed all of my limiting beliefs, and I didn't take 100% responsibility for my life and where I was headed, that I would still be stuck in the same place I was then. There were many, many, many steps and areas of growth and intentional learning and courageous action that I had to take in order to be where I am today. And there's a lot that I still don't know about what it's going to take to be where I want to be in five years from now. But I do know that I am 100% responsible for whether I figure it out or not and for taking the action that I'm going to need to in order to be there. So while it's true that you may not have the ability to skip from your chapter one to my chapter 20, you do have the ability to begin to write chapter two of your own new story. So if you want something different, you're going to need to be willing to think differently and do something different. My advice to you is to first get super, super clear on what it is that you want. Then Begin an exit strategy or a transition plan from where you're currently at that will take you 
one step closer to the goals that you do have. You don't need to be able to see the whole entire roadmap. You just need to shine your headlights on the next leg of the journey. Now, the last reason that people tend to stay stuck in the same place in their lives is because they're not asking themselves the right questions. When we ask shitty questions, we're going to get shitty answers. And until you've done the work in this area, most people are by default asking shitty questions that are designed by your brain to keep you safe or comfortable. That is, after all, what our brain's primary job is to do. So we may find ourselves asking questions like, what if I fail? What if I waste my money? What if the worst of the worst happens? What's wrong with me? Why can't I get my shit together? What if the same thing I experienced before happens again? Who can I blame for this other than me? What does he or she have that I don't? What are other people thinking about me? And what can I use to cope with this anxiety and stress? Or what if I don't have what it takes? These questions, if we, it totally makes sense. When we ask questions like this, that there's very little helpful or motivating information that comes from our brain when it's looking for the answers to them, right? In fact, we create exactly the opposite. We solidify belief systems that have kept us fearful and stuck and not feeling like we're enough and not taking action on the things that could actually create a different outcome for our lives. And recognizing when we're doing this to ourselves takes time and repetition. The more that we catch ourselves, the easier it gets to do something different. So let's look at some more empowering right questions we could be asking ourselves. What do I need to learn in order to become better at this? What is the missing piece to this puzzle that I'm trying to put together for my life? Who else has faced similar challenges that I could model myself after? What can I replace this bad habit with when I feel the need to cope with stress? What's going to help me feel less anxiety? What if everything goes right? What if I succeed beyond my wildest imagination? What can I take 100% responsibility for that I'm not currently taking responsibility for in order to change my current trajectory? Whose opinion do I really care about in my life? And do I want to base my decisions on that person? Can you see the ownership and change that can occur when you ask those right questions? So, you know, you may be thinking, yeah, but how do I, how do I know what questions to ask myself? Well, it can help a lot to have someone else regularly asking us the questions that we wouldn't naturally to think to ask ourselves uh, for me and Rick, like we'll do this for each other regularly because even for ourselves, sometimes it can be hard. When I'm feeling stuck in an area of my life, I'll let him know. And instead of him telling me all of this advice and all the ways that I should be seeing things differently, he begins to gently ask me questions. The human brain is capable of absolutely unbelievable stuff. I mean, look around you. Everything you see originally began with a thought and every thought and belief has been built upon the last one and a new one can be built upon the next one. So when we ask the right questions, we open up a whole new world of possibilities and we will typically discover that the solutions to our deepest problems already exist inside of us. We just needed to ask the right questions. The quality of our life will highly be determined by the quality of our questions. We ask the wrong questions, could be detrimental. Ask the right questions and we'll get helpful answers. Ask the most 
powerful question possible? And the answer can be life altering. Think back to the focusing question from the book, The One Thing, and how it's changing the course of our business right now and our family's life. And I have faith that it's actually going to change the course of many other people's life as a result as well. Now, here is a potentially life-altering question for you. What next step could you take that would get you unstuck? That one year from now, if you took this step, you can guarantee you wouldn't be in the same place looking for how to get unstuck. Do you think that if you hired a coach who specializes in mindset transformation, you might be in a different place a year from now? And for those of you who are also looking to transform your health and lose a significant amount of weight, do you think hiring a coach who's been in your place before and done what you'd like to do and specializes in mindset transformation could help you to be in a different spot a year from now? If the answer to these questions are yes, then I want you to take a scary step. I want you to reach out to me and apply for a free clarity call. Now, what do I mean by apply? Well, I don't work with everybody and that's first because not everybody is in a place where they're actually ready for help and not everybody's personality is a good fit to work together. So I like people to apply so I can look and see what they're going through in their life and determine whether there's someone that I really believe I can make a difference and help them. Now you can find that form by going to www.rewireforsuccess.life. Well, that is what I have for you today. I'm so happy that you chose to use this time to invest into yourself. If this spoke to you, please hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode and share it with somebody who you think could benefit from it also. I'm going to leave you today the way I plan to leave every episode. Remember today that you are worthy, that you matter. You are allowed to take up space in this world and you are destined to become no one except who you decide to be. So be your programmer.